I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey! Hello. Hello and welcome to the show. Welcome to You, Me and Poltergeist. You clicked on the podcast, you should know the name by now. We are your weekly assembly to talk about the things that make you trembly. (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. (laughs) I've never heard a genuine reaction from you like that in a while. Yeah, because you normally do it before we record. Yeah, you're right. I should keep it secret from now on. So you can get my genuine reaction. Yeah, not just like a little, ooh, like a legit, yeah, well, sometimes, like, oh, shit. Sometimes they are just a little, ooh. Yeah, sometimes they're a bit disappointing. Yeah. What's going on, babe? Oh, I'm sick. You're sick? I'm sick. I've kind of transitioned out of the flu, and now Belinda's caught the flu. I went to work, and I came home sick. So, yeah, I was sick. Last week. I'm still kind of coughing up a bit of phlegm. No. It's, it's my time for attention. But Belinda has now transitioned into her chain of sickness. To my chain of sickness. Yeah. It's her signature sickness. A it chain. Is. Yeah. Like a, like a fast food chain, but you give it out. <laughs> I give, give my sickness out. This oh, is what I get for working in customer service in fucking... Peak trade. Everyone's run down and sick and tired. Everyone's got fucking gastro for some goddamn reason. Like, just stop drinking each other's water and don't pass it on to your shop assistant. Yeah, and don't cough on your money. Literally, I have people put their membership card in their mouth and then hand it to Ew. me to scan. And I've had people hand me money out of their mouth, like $5 notes and shit. And I'm like, you need to stop. Because that's very unhygienic. and You're going to get people sick. I've literally grabbed a tissue and taken someone's like money from them and put it in the till. But then I'm like, I still have to count that at the end of the day. What I'm going to do, wear gloves every time I have to count the till. Very sassy. Yeah. But, I mean, on brand. <laughs> but also, don't go shopping if you're sick. Stay online shopping. Yeah, like there's a whole section of the internet dedicated to shopping. Who would it's have like pretty it? much 98% of the internet. The rest is just porn. I would argue that 98% of the internet is porn and then the other 2% is shopping. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well. I swear every site you go on, it's like there's a link to shop for stuff. Or porn. Or porn. Hey, like this throw rug? Here's it in a porn scene. 
<laughs> Here's it with cum all over it. Yeah. Party. Uh, why are the animals just making so much noise? Because they know what we're doing. It's like a, this is the earliest recording we've ever done, by the way. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. sharp recording because we were we've exhausted been last night. Up since 5 30. Still is trying to bury yourself underneath the I thing. I fucking hate the guinea Priscilla pigs right are now. legitimately just starting to do their one hour of morning drinking. But like, we hate Priscilla at this moment. So oh my Brayden's god, mum gave me a mint plant to take care of while she went away to New Zealand, and she came back and didn't ask for it back. So I was like, cool, I'll just take care of it, and if she needs mint, she can come get some mint. Um, Priscilla has decided that's her new litter tray in the last couple of days. Yeah, what the hell? I don't we've had it in the same spot for like two months. And I just trimmed it back because you do that to a mint plant because when you trim it back yeah. it just grows back more aggressive. And I was like, fuck yeah. And um she took that as this is my litter tray and has literally done big massive poops in it. She took shits in the mint plant. And just has spread soil everywhere. Oh, so my God. I decided that I would put barbecue skewers around the fucking... Like it's been guarded like Fort Knox. Exactly. And she's still getting into it and ripping it up. Like, she yeah. just wants to destroy this plant. And I don't know where else I can fucking put it where she won't get to it. Because she's a cat and they do everything. My next option is to, like, cover it. But if I cover it, it doesn't It'll get die. sun. So, this thing's so small. The little bucket is like, I don't know, 15 centimeter radius or like maybe four and a half inches. And she didn't poop completely in the bucket either. There was half of it on the fucking ground. Like, what the hell? Oh. Anyhow. I've had enough. Um, So we have a calico cat up for adoption, uh, free to any home. I don't care if it's a good one. Or uh, Bob says to put double-sided tape around it or uh, I think he said aluminum foil. Because cats hate the feeling of stickiness or... Well, I feel like that's not going to stop her, though. I don't know. She literally... I mean, if she overcomes deadly barbecue skewer spikes, she may overcome stickiness. I think so. She's that type of a bitch, you know what I'm saying? We need to put, like, a motion-sensing water sprayer there. Yeah. Unfortunately, that'll attack everything that goes by it, like Molly, Mouse, us. Well, it might be a good thing because Molly and Mouse run up to that window to fucking bark. Oh, yeah, so annoying. Like, there is no fucking tomorrow. Like, I've got my aloe vera plant up on top of some shelf, like a shelf thingy that's actually meant for the bathroom in our bedroom because Priscilla would try and wee in that. And, like, it's not as if she doesn't have a clean litter tray every day. I'm always there scooping up her pee and poo. <laughs> like, I try my best and I feel like she just shoves in my face and she ruined it all my plants. I got her a fucking... Okay, I'm just going to complain a little bit further. I got her a catnip plant and she's fucking not touched it. And it's growing very well. Very well. And I said to her, I literally looked her in the face yesterday. I was like, Priscilla, you can destroy that plant all you fucking want. That is your fucking plan to destroy and she just looked at me and walked away to the fucking mint plant. <laughs> I'm like, there's no plant left. You literally have the roots exposed. Like, She dug them up, shit on their grave. I fucking, I just, we need to cleanse the cat or something. Yeah. 
Oh man, when this oh, episode man. releases, oh man, it is going to be a few days before the jolliest Christmas. time of year. Happy holidays to everyone! If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays, doing whatever you're doing. Celebrating whatever you're celebrating. So, happiest of Christmas. Merry Christmas and holidays. And we thought we'd take today to share a few Christmas-themed spooky stories. Yeah. Slash laws and legends from... The jolliest time of year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I thought that was a nice little juxtaposition. Because I am going to be discussing a pretty interesting character Mm. of Christmas legend. Mm. Shall I begin? Uh, Yes. So everyone obviously knows the bright and joyous Saint Nicholas, or now turned into Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Who uh, brings joy, merriment, all the little presents, trinkets for the children all over the world every year in one evening. If that's not fucking paranormal or a spell or something like that, I don't know what is. I've told him not to come here this year because our kids have been so fucking naughty. Very naughty. Shitting in mint plants. (laughs) Balking at everyone. Balking. Yeah. And Poppy has been especially rude to Betty, so... Yeah. Did you know that in many European countries, it is believed that St. Nick has a sinister counterpart <gasps> that is both feared and dreaded? Like whom? The name being Krampus. Oh, shit. I could say it like what I've heard actual German people say it like. Say it. Krampus. Or I could just say Krampus. Krampus. Merry Krampus. Oh my god. So Krampus. Anyways, I feel like most of us have heard of who Krampus is exactly. Because Thanks to those popularized movies. Yeah, exactly. You know Krampus actually has his own cartoon, not cartoon, sorry, comic book series. Get out. Where he like f- fucking kills Santa and shit. It's pretty cool. Anyhow. That's cool. Yeah. So Krampus is known as the anti-Santa. Like, so, like how there's the devil. Oh, the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck that. There's the straight up anti-Santa. <laughs> yeah. Everyone <And>, gets cold. <laughs> yeah. He's represented as sort of like a horrific half goat, half demon entity with dark fur, long horns, razor sharp claws, and a lengthy tongue that is usually dangling from his mouth. We're not talking about Gene Simmons from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does kind of sound like a Kiss member, does it? It does. Now here's Kiss and Krampus. Krampus. <laughs> Sticks his tongue out while playing a guitar. Plays the guitar with his tongue. All night. And Krampus every day. <laughs> and whack the children every day. Oh, shit. So, guess what this odd entity's main sort of weaponry is? What, maybe? A bundle of twigs. A faggot? (laughs) Babe, that is inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know whether we can leave that in. Yes, we can. It's a true fucking thing. Well, I think uh, like a bundle of twigs or switches. So, not like actual sticks. (laughs) What you said. Anyhow, so he takes this fucking Sorry. thing. 
<laughs> Why are you laughing so much at this? Because I have a fever and I'm delirium. Your delirium? Yeah, you know the song. Hey, you're playing with my delirium. Anyhow. Sorry, I'm really sorry. Continue. I'm going to stop. So I'm just going to call it a switch from now on. Using his switch, he beats naughty children with it before kidnapping them in his sack and taking them to the underworld. What the fuck? Why are you? You're crying. Legit laughter tears. That's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> so Krampus is said to be the son of the Norse goddess Hel, whom is the goddess that resides over the realm of the dead, otherwise known as Hel. Yeah. So this essentially makes Krampus kind of like I don't know. I don't know how Norse mythology works, but in other mythologies, I'm fairly certain if a god has a child, that child is also a god. Yeah. Or a lesser deity of some kind. Yeah. Does that mean that Krampus is a god? Well, yeah. That, well, Hades is, right? Hades is. So there, Krampus is a god. I think Hades is like the hell of uh, Greek mythology. Though. Yeah, so like, you know, he's still a bad guy, but he's a god. Yeah. He's just a bad god. So it kind of makes sense that Krampus would then the sort of drag the children down to see his mum. Yeah. You know, who's going to discipline them more than your mom? Mom. Mom is after giving him a... <laughs> What's a, worse than a rapist? <laughs> a child. Yeah. So as the folk tale goes, Krampus and St. Nicholas travel together on the evening of December 5th. It's your birthday. That's right. It is my birthday. So I don't know why, but for some reason, like Christmas was December 5th for a long time. Or that's when St. Nicholas went and delivered the presents. I don't know why exactly it's changed to... I guess it's have to start, right? I mean, fuck. Yeah, Big yeah. Big job. Right. But, so now, um, just the sort of Krampus evening is celebrated on December 5th. So I share a birthday with Krampus. Pretty sick, to be honest. Pretty cool. You can call me Krampus from now on. Uh, I won't. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So Hello, on your birthday, I'll say happy Krampus Day. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So Krampus obviously stuffs the naughty children in the sack and drags them to hell while St. Nicholas gives the good children their presents. Of course, this whole tradition obviously has changed and shifted over the span of time. But uh, yeah, in Austria, Germany, Hungary, 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 Slovenia, and the Czech Republic... Uh, this sort of coming of Krampus is known as Krampuslof, which translates roughly to Krampus Run or Krampus Evening. I think Krampusnacht is Krampus Evening or Night. And it is actually celebrated fairly widely today with children running through the streets that get chased by men in Krampus costumes. What the fuck? Yeah, it it is... Quite the tradition that has been spanning for hundreds of That's years. That's a nightmare. Yeah, it's legitimately scary. Some of the costumes Legit you should see them. Christmas. You should fucking see some of these costumes. They got glowing eyes. Like some of them are holding fireworks, so there's like fireworks going off everywhere around them and smoke. Yeah. And they're just like walking all creepy, half demon, half goat. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah. So this sort of ritual That'd evening. really change up fucking Winter Wonderland at Movie World. Right. <laughs> Krampus. <laughs> Krampus. Krampus Wonderland. They uh, just, instead of going to sit on Santa's lap, it's just Krampus. Krampus, what do you want for dinner? For dinner? For, for dinner. <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> like, I just want a fucking hot dog. No. No. Gets hit with the switch and taken to hell. <laughs> you get what you're given. <laughs> so Catholic Church has actually been trying to abolish this ritual as long as, oh, sorry, as early as the 12th century, as they believe Krampus is too close in appearance and depiction to the devil. Isn't he like half goat? Half goat, half demon. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like the depiction of the devil. Except like that's fairly in a Santa costume. It's like the devil was like, how can I fuck up people's lives even more? Krampus doesn't wear I'm a Santa costume. to be a Santa. Santa. Yeah, but in the movie he does. I guess he does in the movie, but not okay. in... Okay, <laughs> so let's just... Okay. Okay. Although the Krampusnacht and uh, Krampusloff events seem fairly harmless and in good spirit, I suppose, you know, dressing as a half-demon, half-goat entity that punishes children truly gets people in the mood to do exactly that because recent events of this ritualistic evening have seen a rise in violence with some children leaving the event in recent years with injuries from being swatted with switches. (laughs) Guess what? That sentence would be so much funnier if you said Mm. the other word. In in Austria, right, at this Krampusnacht, uh, local fire brigade sent national complaints after two firefighters were set upon by a horde of Krampuses. Is that how? Is that like the plural of Krampuses? Crampi? Crampy? A horde of Crampy and got beaten up with their bundles. They kicked them while they were down and beat them with their switches. Oh my god! I know. Uh, in another region, another of, a number of Crampy. Uh, manages to set themselves on fire with their fireworks. As if, as if these poor children didn't have enough to worry about with the literal personification of, like, punishment for Christmas Christmas. (laughs) being in front of them. Now they have a bunch of Krampi running around on fire, screaming like, ah! Fuck that shit, these poor children. Yeah, anyways. Did you know that this evening is meant to actually scare off the ghosts of winter? No. Well, not. there we go. But now there's not really anything about it that scares them off, I guess. They just sort of run around and just scare children, set themselves there. on fire and beat up firefighters. <laughs> so the firefighters can't put out the Krampuses on fire. <laughs> It's a vicious cycle. (laughs) There's always a catch-22 with this one. (laughs) Going back to the fact that we may have uncovered the fact that Krampus is a god. Mm. How do gods get power? Through prayer, right? Or through sort of like, you know? Yeah, offering. Offering. So if all of these people are starting to celebrate Krampus on one evening... You reckon Krampus is just getting more powerful? Absolutely. And also, originally, most of these evenings were seen with Krampus sort of being the domesticated kind of half-demon one that St. Nicholas was kind of keeping under wraps. Mm. But now Krampus... St. Nicholas ain't even a part of these events anymore. Krampus is just like, I'm out and about, setting shit on fire, you know, 
being badass. Yeah. The tale of Krampus, 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 is one that has seen sort of other iterations that have taken place in different parts of the world. His name kind of sounds like Crumpets. <laughs> crumpets. <laughs> and there's nothing scary about Crumpets, except I don't like Crumpets. Is that the way you've rationalised it? Yes, but I don't like Crumpets, so... Well, just imagine like a big furry Crumpet coming off, dear. <laughs> yeah, not fun. So Germany seems to be the place where a lot of these tales kind of permeate, you could say. Uh, a lot of stuff's happened in Germany, so... Yeah. <laughs> One such sort of other individual that has a similar sort of bearing to Krampus is Belsnickel, who is an angry-looking man wrapped in furs and pork roast shoes, as we've talked about before. He arrives... At the houses of children a few days before Christmas, with his bundle of switches in one hand and a sack of treats in the other, uh, he asks the children to recite poems, Bible verses, or solve math equations. If they do so, they receive an, a reward. But those who fail, or those who are too greedy to take the reward, get fucking hit up the side of the head with the switches. So the next one from Germany is known as Necht to Ruprecht. Ruprecht wears a black cloak with a pointed hood and walks with a limp because of a childhood injury. What's the injury? Uh, I honestly don't know. I think St. Nicholas adopted him as a child and that's why he follows St. Nicholas around. But he's like St. Nicholas's foil. Like, okay. he, like, acts as, like, the antagonist to St. Nicholas. Oh, okay. Yeah, but St. Nick keeps him in check, you know, because he's his stepfather. Or not stepfather. Adopted, adopted father. father. Yeah, essentially. But um, instead of a bundle of switches, he carries a bag of ashes and a long staff. And he is sometimes <laughs> accompanied by fairies or... Men with blackened faces <laughs> dressed as old women. Wow. I feel like that that's very close to the Sinterklaas of uh, the Netherlands. Yeah. Who, I mean, really comes into town every year on a steamboat with a whole bunch of people in blackface. The whole sort of Sinterklaas thing is so strange. I urge you all to go and look up the whole... Uh, coming of Sinterklaas in the Netherlands. He legitimately is like a real figure, not like someone who... Not a made-up mythological figure. Yeah. I watched a video of it yesterday from last year, and there were like children children in the street sitting waiting, oh, waiting next to this sort of river for Sinterklaas to come on his steamboat. And <laughs> they had like costumes on with a black face on. I'm just like, this is so <laughs> inappropriate and strange. Yeah, there's like big protests there now. Though. Yeah, that's what they're arguing, but it's kind of like, mm. anyhow. Yeah, that's bad. Very odd. Yeah, and I want to know why, like, do you know Santa's backstory? Like, Santa doesn't have a fucking backstory. He just works in the North Pole, doing his thing, takes the children's presents. Santa was literally a guy named St. Nicholas. No, I know, but why doesn't our Santa Claus oh, have such a detailed you? backstory like Nex Ruprecht, who has, like, a childhood injury? You know, uh, they gave... Because we've commercialized it. Ours is just, like, we 
Alice isn't due to any like storytelling or. I want to know like the commercial. true backstory. Like, how did fucking Santa Claus come to be? Where did he grow about, up? Who are his parents? How about are they dead? We took it from Santa Claus, and instead of blackface, we have elves. And we make it really happy. And then yeah, a little man. workshop. We and make we it appropriate. In cookies and candy canes and sweetened milk instead of fucking whatever those little yeah. blackface cells get. So then moving on to France, we have Hans Trap. A what? Hans Trap. Hans Trap? This that is like... like a new category of music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From France, Hans Trap. Hans Trap. <laughs> so, this one is actually quite a detailed backstory as well. So, Hans Trap was a lawless man that wore a suit and carried large bundles of firewood strapped to his back. He reportedly was a devil worshipping occultist who earned fame and fortune through this means. He was arrested and brought before the Pope, who found him guilty of sacrilege, where he was exiled from France. He quickly rushed off to Germany, where he lived in a stick hut for many years. His solitude caused him to turn further into devil worship, and he plunged into a horrific madness, his madness manifesting itself in the form of a desire to consume the flesh of humans and perform terrifying cannibalistic rituals on people in the name of Satan. Uh, he spent the next few months preparing himself for his first human meal and grew strangely, strangely fascinated with scarecrows, often dressing like one and stuffing his clothes with straw. While disguised as a scarecrow in a field, he saw a young boy that would be his first meal, no more than ten years old. Little boys. Right? When he ran across the field to consume the young lad, lightning struck him down from above and killed him. God... Doing the final blow to him. But Good. God deemed his death not enough of a punishment, so he forever bound him to St. Nicholas, so he would have to go to wherever the good deed-doer goes and watch as he gives gifts to the children that he once wanted to eat. And he does have a bundle of twigs that he used to smack naughty children. But St. Nick keeps his... Uh, Keeps him in check. Why is there always a bundle of twigs? I don't know. I think it's just like, it's not very like thick twigs. It's like just a couple of twigs. So it's like, I guess that's kind of like a, a punishment. It's sort of like being hit with a ruler and it's not like meant to hurt you. But this next dude, like Hans I'm Trap. Sorry. Hans Trap straight How up tries to eat people. a bundle of twigs not meant to hurt you? No, it's meant to hurt you, but it's not meant to kill you. Like Hans Trap. Okay, well, a ruler doesn't kill you either. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. It just hurts. Things, right? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. Leave that up to your imagination. So the next one from France and the last one of this list is pretty much the exact same as Hans Trap, except his name is Perfuta. Perfuta. There's a song that goes with it. And he's French. Yes. So pretty well, just yeah, another whole take on the Hans Trap story. But Pear was a butcher who actually managed to kill and eat children and stuff their bodies into jars. What the fuck? And Saint Nicholas was like, "Oh hell no!" <coughs> Saved the children, and then so that's where his sort of uh, the story behind him becoming the saint of children came from. And now, old Pear Futa. Has to accompany Saint Nicholas. 
And he whacks Why? children with his bundle of sticks. Why stuffing them into little jars? I don't know. How gruesome are France's stories? How gruesome are all of these stories? I mean, Krampus is pretty gruesome, but he doesn't have a super detailed scary backstory. I mean, I guess like any other fairy tale, that starts off really gruesome. Yeah. And then they just make it nice. Hansel and Gretel? That witch wanted to eat Fucking them. Fucking eat them. It put them in the oven. I will fatten you up for a pie. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. Anyways, so Krampus. And then they kill. They kill the witch in they, the fucking oven and they burn the her. gingerbread house down. It's gruesome. You got to think about it. You really got to think. Um, Sleeping Beauty? She was in a coma. And some dude kissed her? Uh, that's not consent. Uh, <laughs> Snow White? She was fucking dead. Hello, necrophilia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seven dwarves. Eeyore was always depressed. Yeah. Tigger has ADHD. Yeah. Piglet has anxiety. Those seven dwarves were always working. I'm pretty um, sure there were slaves. slaves. Yeah. Exactly. Off to work we go. Hi ho, hi ho. You don't say ho anymore. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably talking to high a sex worker. Sleep. High sex worker. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> Let's be politically correct here. <laughs> um, yeah, there's been sightings of Krampus and, like, people actually believe they have seen him. Sarah believes that she's seen Santa Claus, but that was in the crazy house where all that fucking paranormal shit happened in my also, childhood. my favourite thing about Sarah is, like, she's <laughs> she is adamant that she saw fucking Santa Claus. Even today. She's... She's like, yeah, Santa Claus is real. She's like late 20s. She reckons she's seen Saint Nicholas himself in the flesh giving out the fucking presents. And you know what? She probably did. Maybe. Maybe she just saw a ghost in disguise, like, that really (laughs) loves Santa Claus. Maybe someone died in that house who used to like dressing up as Santa Claus for their children. Yeah, don't say that. That is really loud to Molly. 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 She's awake. You just grumbling. Yeah. So there's yeah, there's people who've actually said they'd seen Krampus, but I mean ultimately it's just like a Christmas legend that is pretty cool and kind of not really but sort of paranormal. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's strange that Christmas has so much sort of ghost lore around it. Why does this one particular time of the year have so much ghost lore? I can possibly tell you. Segway, go. Segway into my story. <clears throat> I have my glasses today. Back in the day, like way back, ghost stories would be told at Christmas time, and I'm not talking about Ebenezer Scrooge and the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Of course, we're talking about more gnarly spirits and entities such as. Krampus. Krampus. This is why I got Brayden to go first, because I wrote mine as if he went first. Ghost stories weren't for camping Halloween and Friday 13th, but they were once a Christmas tradition. Let's have a little history lesson, shall we? Uh, People in the European countries love to scare their friends and family. The most famous story of the last 200 years, of course, is Frankenstein when it was brought to life, pun intended, in 1816. <laughs> <laughs> that was the year without a summer with volcanic ash from a from the eruption of Mount Tambora blanketed the earth, locking it in an encapsulated winter. But blocking out the sun wasn't what inspired Victorians the most. 
death was all around them as they had the misfortune of living in a time without the modern medicines we possess today. Hmm. So the Puritans, however, didn't want the tradition to continue. In the 1620s, when the staunchly conservative religious movement lit out of the northern, northern English colonies, they brought along their religious doctrines and humble way of living, but one thing they left in Europe was the tradition of ghost stories at Christmas time. Ooh. Don't even get them started on the Church of England. <laughs> <laughs> Tales of dead bodies, buckets of blood, ghosts and ghouls had no place in their spiritual world, which is why the tradition was never popularized in America. And Washington Irving and Edgar Allan Poe brought personal tales of gothic horror to the masses. Even then, their stories were only tang tangentially related to winter and barely to Christmas. Then Charles Dickens came along with A Christmas Carol, and that's what I'll be reading today. Ooh. Just kidding. But a fun fact <laughs> about the most infamous Christmas I was like, oh, ghost a Christmas story. Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, family friendly. <laughs> do you know how close I was to just, like, taking A Christmas Carol and, like, writing it in a way that it just sounded like some christmas like true ghost story and then being like and that's a christmas carol oh my god and gosh. like trolling all of you what a troll but i was like no i'm gonna do that anyway <laughs> a fun fact about the most infamous christmas ghost story is that when six thousand copies of the book were published six days before christmas in 1843 they were all sold by christmas eve wow that's fucking insane cool fucking insane when was this 1845. Oh, that's impressive. Very impressive. He would have just been selling that at his local market or something. Right? Pretty sick. Maybe not in his local market. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe at a, a <laughs> shipyard, perhaps? A shipyard? I don't know. Where do people sell things in 1840-something? A uh, bookstore? They yeah, had you're stores. Probably, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> they sure they didn't have bookstores at that time. <laughs> yeah, maybe he sold it at a bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, ghost stories and Halloween weren't popularized until Scottish and Irish immigrants brought to America their own holiday traditions slash rituals, once based on the ancient pagan holiday Samhain? Samhain? I don't know. The celebration of the final days of harvest before the beginning of winter was fam familiarly linked with the fixation on the dead. The celebration be uh, being of all things Scottish and despite the immigrants attempting to separate their holiday from stories of the barrier between the world of the living and that of the dead during Samhain. American culture at large uh, jumped on the concept and rolled with the supernatural aspects of Halloween and turned it into the holiday we all have come to know and love. But we aren't talking about Halloween tonight. Many books have been written about Christmas ghostly tales and even Christmas carols have lyrics talking about ghost stories around the fire, like in Andy Williams' classic 1963, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. The lyrics being, there'll, there'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of glories of Christmases long, long ago. Cool. So, I don't think I wrote it in here, but I was reading um, in an article when... Yeah, when the the Scottish and Irish immigrants came over and they kind of wanted the whole ritual of ghost stories to be told around Christmas time, but then, of course, Americans, no offense, Bob, um, <laughs> just took the ghost stories and 
took the Halloween concept and was like, that's fucking sick. We'll make that a holiday tradition and not have it related to the joyousness of Christmas. Mm-hmm. But then it's in later years, it kind of started becoming, became a tradition again. And so then it was incorporated into a lot of Christmas carols. But then the churches and everything were like, no. No ghosts. Not happening. We're not doing that. No ghosts. Ghosts are not a Christmas thing. Charles Dickens begs to differ, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, for centuries and centuries and centuries, they would be told, like, your Christmas stories that you would, like, your Christmas, hold on, demons that you were saying were pretty much like a thing. Were a thing. They were like just telling ghost stories at Christmas oh, yeah. time. Not necessarily just like Krampus and stuff, but like Yeah, Christmas ghost stories. Literally Christmas ghost stories. It that was the thing. It wasn't a Halloween thing. No, it yeah. wasn't a campfire thing. It was Christmas. Christmas around the chimney fire. Yeah. Roasting your fucking little chestnuts. Roasting your chestnuts. <laughs> and whatnot. Um so I found a couple of ghost ghostly occurrences. That are tied to the days of Christmas and have been for many, many years. Let's start with one in Marden, Kent on Hawkehurst Road in England. On Christmas Eve in the 18th century, a notorious highwayman by the name of Gilbert stopped a horse-drawn carriage carrying a man and his daughter. According to the tale, the bandit had the daughter step out of the carriage, but before he could get to the father, the horses spooked and bolted away into the night along with the man. Leaving the daughter there along with this murderous madman of a thief looming over her made all the worse as she was hit with the horrifying realization that this was the very same highwayman who killed her brother along the very stretch that very stretch of lonely road the year before. Oh my god! How is he still out there doing it? Because no one fucking caught him. It's the 18th century. Yeah, you're right. They don't have DNA testing. Just stab him and run away, and then you're, you're scot-free. Literally. <laughs> as long as you don't stay around the body. As long as there's no witnesses, yeah. you're fine. And along this road is perfect place. Yeah. Um, How did she know, though? Maybe she, it was maybe the she same was there. carriage. Uh, I see, oh, I see, I see. Maybe. Couldn't find him. Couldn't find him. Uh, the smoking pale face of the bandit became uh, came through the moonlight at her, but this young woman was not the victim in this tale. Oh. She pulled out a knife she carried within her bag and in a desperate panic lashed out to plunge the knife deep into the side of Gilbert. As the nefarious criminal clutched at his bleeding wound, the daughter ran as far as she could into the surrounding wilderness without looking back. Some amount of time later, good on ya, the coach returned to find Gilbert sprawled out along the side of the road in, a, in bloody mud, having finally succumbed to his, wound, his wounds, and he was unceremoniously buried right there in a shallow, unmarked grave. <laughs> the legend says that they also found the, the daughter cowering amongst the moon-frosted trees and supposedly stark, raving insane. In other words, she was in shock and scared and not insane, but it's the 18th century and women shouldn't have spoken in the first place. (laughs) 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 Locals say that not only does the tall, shadowy figure uh, of Gilbert stalk the road to, to this day, terrifying motorists, but also that on every Christmas Eve, that fateful night plays out again and again, as if on an eternal loop, 
perhaps implanted into the very location itself and only visible on this one night. Cool. And creepy. Very creepy. And another place in Kent, in the Heaver Castle, located on the countryside of the village Heaver. In Who would have guessed it? <laughs> <laughs> Originally built in around uh, 1270. That's very old. That's not old as hell, Castle. <laughs> um, as a walled-in country house surrounded by a moat. Fucking sick. Cool. Uh, between the years of 1462 to 1539, it was the seat of the rich and powerful Bullen family, who later became the Bolins. The original owner of the house, Henry Bullen, had a son named Thomas who changed his name to Thomas Bolin. He ended up marrying Elizabeth Howard, the daughter of the Duke of Norfolk, they had a daughter named Anne Bolin, who would go on to create a major scandal at the time, Ooh. and who lies at the root of the castle's paranormal shadowing. Cool. Anne's sister, Mary, infamously began to have an affair with King Henry VIII, who was married to Catherine of Aragon at the time. By all accounts, the king was truly unhappy with his marriage and was also a real scoundrel with the women and quite persistent. He became bored and Mary, with Mary and chose to pursue Anne, who proved to be rather hard to get, rejecting his advances and telling him that if he really wanted to be with her, he would have to divorce Catherine and marry her instead. The king allegedly became absolutely obsessed with Anne, writing dozens of letters professing his undying love for her like some lovesick teenager, and generally be being what we would call today a creepy old man. <laughs> <laughs> All while working on his divorce from his wife. In the meantime, Anne was given the, uh, the title Anne Muchweenus? Muchweenus? No. <laughs> Muchweenus? March Hoyness. M A R C H I O N E S S. Marchoinus? I don't know. Of Pembroke. Mm. <laughs> and was given many royalties. Anne eventually gave in to his relentless advances and got pregnant with the King Henry's uh, child, after which they got secretly married in 1533, making her the new queen. At this time, she was not liked by the public at all, uh, most thinking she was the seducer who had stolen the king away from the more popular Catherine. Little did they know at the time that it was the other way around. Because he's a fucking creepy old <laughs> I feel like we see this, like, today in just, like, people, like, messaging, you know, young girls and stuff. It's like, hey, baby. I can support you. Yeah, I'll be your sugar daddy. I'll be your sugar daddy. And then they're like... You know what I work in retail? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if <laughs> if you didn't have social media back in the day, you know, you had to use letters. And be ravens, very, very obsessive. Smoke and signals. Also, it helps if you're King Henry VIII. Yeah, that's true. And have like a exorbitant amount of wealth. Exactly. Anyway. Is that true? Um... The whole thing was a fairly major scandal in that era, and it ended up leading to the king disuniting the relationship between England and the Catholic Church in Rome. Nevertheless, the two had their child, whom they named Elizabeth, and continued to, to defy all those who wanted to see them separated. The population called her coronation an abomination. Lovely. <laughs> I really wanted to keep that rhyming, it was pretty good. 
Um, unfortunately for Anne, players will play, and King Henry VIII was chasing after another woman of course. once again. If he cheated on his wife for you, what makes you think he wouldn't do the same to you? <laughs> Uh, this time it was a bridesmaid from their own fucking wedding. Oh my god, controversy in the fucking family. <laughs> and she was just a commoner, a woman named Jane Seymour. To make matters worse, there were several rumours being spread that Anne was sleeping around with everything that moved, including her own brother. Wow! <laughs> yeah, the king began to believe these rumours. Oh my fucking god. And he definitely didn't take it well. While these were just rumours, it was very hypocritical of him to then have Anne arrested and charged with treasonous adultery. What the hell? This guy, like... He was trying to sleep with every young lass that came his way. Oh my fucking god. Anne was then beheaded in 1536 at the Tower of London. The Hever Castle would go on to be passed around to different owners, including American millionaire William Waldorf Astor, in 1903, before finally becoming, to, uh, sorry, before finally coming to Broadland Properties Limited, who now put it to, who have now put it to public display. Throughout the many years, with many residents, would come and go, but no, but one only remains, and that is Anne Bolin. The headless lady. For reasons not entirely clear, sorry, her spectral form rep- reportedly appears every Christmas Eve upon the bridge of the property that spans the river Eden. Slowly floating towards the castle, perhaps maybe trying to come home from some other place, but inevitably fading and vanishing before she reaches the castle doors. So sad. to repeat the same sequence year after year. Also, in England, there is Ruse Hall in Suffolk. I think that's how you say it. Suffolk. Suffolk. I think they. I think I've heard people say that before. It's yeah, we're in S-U-F-F-O-L-K. Suffolk. I think they make the Suffolk. L silent. I don't know. Yeah, like folklore. Like we say, folk. Folk. Yeah, Suffolk. 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 Whatever. I don't know. So, built in the 16th century, it is an imposing building with an undefinable, spooky ambience and a twisted, monstrous-looking old oak tree once used as gallows in past times, sitting right out the front. Lovely. Most likely, this could be the reason for many of the ghostly tales originating from the hall. So many, in fact, that it's referred to as one of the most haunted places in England. Oh. England's haunted as fuck, too. So fucking haunted. These Victorian, this Victorian era? Medieval times? Haunted. Haunted. Why don't we see more ghosts in armour? Let's do that next week. Yeah, ghosts and armor next. Ghosts week. and armor next week. Cool. <laughs> Night ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm With talking the about cave. the daytime. Yeah. <laughs> the daytime, nighttime. Nighttime. Daytime. Okay. Is that too? Um, some of these entities, including the apparition of a little girl who creepily appears in one of the upstairs windows. A phantom hound that prowls the grounds, and there is even supposedly a footprint from the devil himself imprinted <laughs> in one of the building's cupboards. In but a cupboard? Perhaps, yes. But perhaps the most frightening is a haunting that only occurs at Christmas time. While we may cover other hauntings in a different episode at a later date, today I will chat about the Christmas haunting happening at Ruse Hall. It is said that every Christmas Eve, 
The intimidating presence of a ghostly phantom coach pulled by four snorting jet black horses will bloom from the night to come speeding down the road and up the driveway of the estate. Sitting in the driver's seat is a phantom of a man who is missing his head. Oh my god, it's the headless coachman. coachman. (laughs) (laughs) The coach is supposedly completely silent, even as it draws inexorably closer. And it will vanish just before reaching the hall proper. The whole thing to be reenacted the following Christmas Eve. Um, Who this headless coach driver is supposed to be and why he only appears on Christmas Eve with... Um, carriage in tow is unknown. Was he a man just carrying on his day and getting carrying on with his day and getting home on Christmas Eve when he was gruesomely decapitated en route and the horses spooked and ran until they reached Rue's Hall? We won't ever know. But it has become a fa- a very famous piece of scary paranormal lore in the area. All these hauntings seem to be residual hauntings, meaning they act out one particular sequence of events over and over without any clue to their surrounding or what they may have uh, or sorry or that they may even be dead at all makes you think are we even alive at all just kidding let's bring back ghost stories of christmas yes christmas ghost stories are fun so i think this is a tradition that we should do with our own children you know let's bring it back christmas ghost tales christmas ghost tales and i'm not talking about the tales of a ghost. I'm talking about stories about ghosts. Yeah. Tales. I T-A-L-E. Lots of places in England that we've sort of covered so far have had carriages that pull up to mm. places and then suddenly disappear. But do you know what I find? What? A lot of the places in, like, England and stuff, in just Europe in general, like the whole fucking... All of those areas. They seem to have a lot of evidence, though. Yeah, they do. Like, lots of encounter stories, lots of stuff like that. Yeah, like, not just, oh, it's a legend, but people are like, fuck, I've seen it. I've seen it with my own two eyes. I stood out here on Christmas Eve and I've fucking seen it. <laughs> I want to do that. I want to go somewhere on Christmas Eve that they say, like, something happens. We need to go somewhere where there won't be lots of people, like, gathering around, just, like, looking for it. And then some guy pulls up, you know. Yeah. yeah. Without a head on. Yeah. Without, Without a, head, a head on. Just missing his head. Yeah, just walks out waving at everyone. That's a great costume, mate. He can't speak because he doesn't have a head. He doesn't have a head. He doesn't even know he's dead. Maybe he's not dead. Maybe he's like a chicken. Now they run around for like right? hours that after. Part of the brain stem hasn't. Oh, no. Never mind. There was a chicken. Let me just tell this story. Yep. Yes, you're right. Chickens will run around, like the saying says, like a headless chook, you know, yeah. um, until they die and bleed out. It's the most humane way, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but there's this story of, like, they cut the chicken's head off, but they didn't cut the brain stem completely or whatever, you know, the part. And it lived. And it lived. It lived until it just died of old age. Ripley's Believe It or Not, I think that was a real thing. they fucking fed it seed through its neck hole. That's fucking disgusting. But it didn't die. I know, that's weird. They were like, it's running around and not fucking dying. What's happening? How can it see anything? It can't. That's the thing. (laughs) How can it interact with anything? It didn't. It can't smell, it can't see, it can't... No. I mean, it can eat 
kind of by just shoving they've food got a, down its hole. To funnel it down. <laughs> oh my god! They just replace its head with a funnel, <laughs> <laughs> so everything just but goes directly it died down. Of old age. That's so strange. <laughs> what the hell? Anyway, hey, one thing I was thinking of. I remember my time because we brought up sort of like Christian tradition and stuff like that. I remember my time in Sunday school as a young lad. You went to Sunday school? I did. Only for like a year or so. (laughs) But I remember my time in Sunday school as a young lad reading through some of the verses and some of them have sort of popped up in my mind. Talking about like the angels and whatnot. Mm. I remember and now sort of that I've sort of started reading, you know, H.P. Lovecraft, cosmic horror sort of things that are unexplainable that melt your brain when you see them. One of the tales is of this angel that suddenly appears, I don't know whether it's next to a tomb or just over top of this city where there's guards and stuff, but it appears over the top of this tomb and everyone goes fucking mad and like just like terrified looking at this thing. Have I uncovered the fact that maybe angels are eldritch beings like Cthulhu or something like that? You know what? You're probably right. Maybe. Maybe. I think there was another one that I was just thinking of, but I've forgotten it already. Like they say, not the whole ocean has been explored and discovered. That's right. Maybe there's angels down there. Maybe that's where heaven is. (laughs) So maybe there's unexplainable things that happen that we cannot see yeah yeah you're right not necessarily in the ocean i just wanted to use it as a example example that we've been on this earth for how fucking long and we haven't even explored all the ocean so yeah there's so many possibilities that's it so i think that's a nice place to tell you to have a very happy holidays yeah absolutely uh follow us on all of our socials Become Patreon member. It's all like you mean a poltergeist. You don't fucking know about now, seriously. You mean a poltergeist, Patreon, you mean a poltergeist, Facebook, you mean a poltergeist on Instagram. And you can follow our personal pages at Braden Fivash, B R E Y D O N number five A S H. And I'm Bambi Mackers, B A M B I M A C C A S. We hope you have a very, very safe and lovely holiday. Enjoy the holidays drink responsibly or irresponsibly no, but make sure you also then be responsible after it just take care of your actions do you have a child while you're drunk you know you okay. make a baby while you're drunk <laughs> that's, that's your that's problem your, now that's your responsible of your fucking life so be, be responsible you know seriously don't Are go you give to say something all i'm saying is I don't want to have a baby. <laughs> I was trying to think of a joke to do with Charles Dickens this whole time, and I'm like, this is my time. <laughs> I'll give you a Dickens. I don't chickens. know. <laughs> Dolls chickens. Dolls chickens. <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, be safe. Be loved. Eat ham or tofu, whatever you're yeah, into. Or if you don't even eat tofu, eat. Just enjoy your Christmas <laughs> holiday meals and um, exercise regularly. You dirty Krampus. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 